Hello, everyone. Welcome to Small Biz Tips. Guys, I have a surprise for y'all today. I am super excited. I met this young lady in a group on Facebook, right? As you can see, I meet a lot of cool people either on Facebook or LinkedIn, and I had to bring her in. She's going to blow your mind. I am super excited. Della, what's up? Hey, Gilbert. It's so great to be here with you. I appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Before we jump into all the goodies you're going to share with us, who is Della? <laughs> wow, that's a, a long, uh, twisted story, right? Lots <laughs> of twists and turns in that one. But um, I started out as a small-time farm girl, you know, carrying water to the fields and baling hay. I even had a goat I had to milk before and after what? school um, at that's one awesome. point. <laughs> I got a, my first pony when I was three. So, you know, all kinds of good things there. My grandparents taught me all about hard work and mm -hmm. making money and taking care of money and even taught me about interest. So mm. in second grade, when my mom started borrowing money from me, I knew that that $10 would turn into $12 when she paid me back because I charged her interest and she paid wow. it. Wow. I love it. And I've been a Girl Scout leader and a room parent and a hospice caregiver more recently to my grandmother who's passed away a few weeks back. I love real estate and taxes, motorcycles and Crown and Coke. And when my youngest daughter became, um, was heading into kindergarten all day, I decided to become a CPA. I bought yeah. and sold a couple of small businesses and now I'm on a mission to help create 10,000 female acquisition entrepreneurs because like I like to say, even a waitress can buy a business. Let's go. Wow. Yeah. Hell That's yeah. Great. I love it. I love it. So I got so many questions for you. Let's go back to, to the goat situation. <laughs> yeah, the goats. Okay. <laughs> Wait, where, where was the farm at? It was um, in Northern Indiana. That's where I'm from. And that's where I'm still based today. That's amazing. So what other animal you guys had besides goats and chicken? <laughs> Like I said, we had the horses. We did have chickens, my least favorite animal. We had pigs off and on. Um, I raised a couple of cattle for 4-H. My grandpa wow. had a lot of Herefords, which are beef cattle, but I raised um, some Holstein and a Brown Swiss, which are milk cattle. We had yeah. guineas, which I don't know if anybody knows what they are, but they're kind of like wild turkey type birds and they make a buckwheat noise. So we had I a know, little bit of everything. That's amazing. I love it. So let, let's talk about what was when you were growing up on the farm, what was kind of like the biggest lessons you learned that you're still applying today? Um, One of the lessons I guess I learned, and I don't know if this is exactly a lesson, but my grandpa never doubted what I could do. I mean, I did it all out there with the boys. You know, one of my fondest memories is um, in seventh grade, so I'm a middle school girl, and I'm not quite sure how this came about, but um, there was a big field of straw that we had to bring in, and it wasn't yeah. even our field. It was somebody else's. Um, but there was nobody around to do it except for my grandfather and I. And grandpa always drove the tractor. I never saw it. My dad hardly ever drove the tractor. My uncle never drove the tractor. It was always grandpa. So that, of course, left me to load the whole wagon. And there's this great big hill in the middle uh -huh. of the field. But, you know, I did every single bale. I tied them in real tight. If you've ever bailed hay, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but I tied them in tight, went up and down that hill, and I loaded the entire field and the whole wagon. And we took it home, and I never lost a bale. Wow. I love it. I love it. So we're going to fast forward, right? Sure. CPA bought a couple businesses. What was the first business you bought? It was my CPA firm. Ah, that's a, yeah, wait, I bought so a tax practice that I was actually working at at the time. So there's yeah. a good tip for you. You could possibly buy the place that you're working at now. I love it. I love it. So how did that come about? Was it the owner retiring? What was happening? And you said, you know what? I want to buy this. 
You know, I've always done, everything I've done has been entrepreneurial. I mean, I've done real estate. That's, you know, straight commission. I've spent a lot of time waiting tables. That's all tips. I've been a financial advisor. That's pretty much straight commission. So even though um, when I wasn't doing an actual entrepreneurial gig, I still was doing yeah. things in an entrepreneurial way. So I just knew I wanted to be a business owner, wanted to do something more. I like to have control of my own destiny. Um, but I was at the CPA firm and the guy was um, had a lot of health issues, a little bit older. Mm -hmm. His practice was struggling because of those health issues. Fabulous guy, great accountant. But, you know, it's hard to keep up with things when you're on dialysis three and four times a day and when he was in and yeah. out of the hospital. So we actually shared a lot of overhead items with another CPA firm that was in our same office space. Um, but Ralph, the guy I worked with, was the controlling factor in that because he had been there first. And as he himself started to decline and he thought about selling, you know, I thought about buying, but, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of experience at that point in yeah. time. But the other gentleman that was in, uh, had his practice in there, he didn't want Ralph to sell because he would have sold all of his stuff. He would have mm -hmm. lost control of the phone number that we shared, the fax line, if anybody remembers those that we shared, um, you know, the, the office space, the reception, all those things we shared, even though there were two really separate businesses. So he approached me at one point and asked me, you know, if he bought Ralph's business, if I would run it for him. And I was like, mm, yes, but not as an employee. I'd love to partner with you. You know, I have no idea how I could possibly make that happen at that point in time. Um, but yeah, I would love to do that with you. And it kind of went from there. Wow. I love it because a lot of people would have been like, oh, I'm just going to start my own CPA firm. You saw and took an opportunity to own that business. Uh, let's go a little bit further, right? So you you had that business. Do you still have it or you sold it? No, I ran that um, with my business partner for a while. And after a couple mm -hmm. of years, uh, I bought him out and ran it then and continued to grow it. And then I sold that uh, just about three years ago now, two and a half, three years congrats, ago. Congrats. What it's was all the about the capital story? events. No, I love it. So I, I, I want to hear more like, hold on, I got to go back. So once you sold it, did you start another or buy another business right away or what'd you do? No. So actually that's when my mission to help create 10,000 other female acquisition entrepreneurs um, started. But in yeah. the meantime, we also bought, ran and sold a pizza pub. Huh. Yeah. So restaurants, bars have a special place in my heart. I have tons of restaurant experience. And like I said, yeah. we bought and ran and sold a place as well. So it was an iconic pizza place in our town. Um, it had been there since the 1960s, I think. It had always been, it's called the Redwood Inn, same pizza mm -hmm. place, had the same red carpet when we purchased it, had the same, you know, red booths all that time. Um, fun place. But again, you know, the own, owner was older and kind of tired at that point in time. It's a tough business to hang out in for a very long yeah. period of time. And so we bought that, um, tore down a lot of properties around it, made a really great outdoor space, cleaned mm. things up. I mean, you know, people would come in after we took over, like, oh my gosh, you added so many new lights in here. And I'm like, no, my mom's a cleaning freak. I was like, no, actually my mother got on a ladder and she cleaned all of the covers of the lights. And oh my gosh, I can't believe you guys remodeled the men's bathroom already. I'm like, no, my mother spent an entire weekend cleaning, you know, the men's oh bathroom. God. So yeah, I that was it. fun. So I got a question for you, right? Um, that that's aligned with the mission that you have right now to help 10,000 female entrepreneurs acquire businesses. One of the biggest piece when it comes to acquisition, um, it's deal sourcing, mm -hmm. right? And you mentioned a few things here about the owners, either health issue or retiring. Right. How do you, how do you go about deal source? Like, how do you go up finding those type of businesses? 
I always send people, whether you want to buy or sell a business, I always send people to their own network first, mm. you know, for these two examples, um, you know, I ended up buying the place that I worked for. So, yeah. I mean, that you can't get more intimate than that. You know, I was there all day, every day, anyhow, pretty much, except I was also waiting tables as well. Um, but, you know, and with the pizza pub, we kind of took the back door into that one, but it was still within mm. our network. We wanted to own the pizza place, um, but she wasn't ready to sell at that point in time, yeah. but someone else owned the real estate. And so my boyfriend, especially is a big real estate guy. So we bought the real estate first and became sure. her landlord. And then as she became ready to sell, she looked for outside buyers, but no one wanted to buy it without the real estate, which of course yeah. we had, and we're not willing to give <laughs> up at that point. So that's kind of how we fell into that. But those, both of those were within our network already. That's amazing. So uh, uh, let, let's go into your current movement, because what I think what you're doing right now is a movement. Uh, tell us more about it. How did it come about? Why did you decide to take that route? So I just I love the deal. We do a lot of real estate as well. I love the deal. It's so exciting how all those pieces fit together. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love doing taxes as well. I mentioned that in the intro. I do love taxes. But that's all historical. And by the time someone comes to me, you know, whether it's mm. a business owner, an individual, by the time they come to me to prepare their taxes, yeah, everything's said and done. I was like, ooh, I, if I would known about that ahead of time, I might have asked you to do this or done this in a different mm. way. And, you know, there's still a lot you can do at that point in time, but it's just so much more historical. And I want to be more proactive with people and really help them create wealth going forward. And, you know, I won't get into all the ways, you know, that women are still at a disadvantage in business and in finance, but we really are um, yeah. in startups. Startups are so hard. You know, entrepreneurship is really the cure for so many different things, yeah. but everybody immediately thinks of startups and startups are super hard. They take a long time. They're expensive. Uh -huh. You know, if you're talking about VC funding, I think women get like 2% of all VC funding. Mm -hmm. And so just buying a profitable business is just a no brainer when you take all those statistics into account. Now we think about it though. A lot of people are like, oh my God, buying a business is expensive. How am I going to do that? Where well, I'm going to get the money to buy this. What do you say to that? That's totally false. It can be true, but I'll yeah. tell you. So I have um, a couple of interesting stories. Like I said, when I bought my CPA firm, I bought that with another gentleman mm -hmm. and um, not a single dime came out of my pocket for that acquisition. And my partner did put up a couple of dollars that literally, I think it was like $10,000. And that was just to pay for the office furniture, computers, you know, that kind of thing. And then every single dime that went to pay off that acquisition came out yeah. of the proceeds of the business. Mm. So it's a couple years, Yeah. A couple of years down the road when I bought my partner out that again, never came out of my pocket, never got a, a loan for that. I made him two payments. And again, that was out of profits from the business itself. And then I have an even more interesting story yes. that proves that it doesn't have to be expensive. So when we ended up selling our pizza pub, we ended up selling that to a former um, server of ours and her boyfriend had a fencing company and, uh -huh. um, great they do a great job with fences but for whatever reason they just didn't have the cash or the credit um, mm -hmm. for an acquisition at that point in time and so what we did is we found them an outside fence job that was having to be worth about ten thousand dollars but they did that fence job that we found for them and that money came directly into our pockets as their down payment that's very creative yes that was that was all my boyfriend that was his idea but that just kind of gives you an idea that whatever deal structure you can come up with can be a possibility. And most um, sellers aren't necessarily looking for a giant pile of cash. They have some mm. other 
thing that they need at that point in time. So it's it's our job as buyers to figure out what that thing that they need and then be able to provide that. Which takes me to, I got two questions for you, right? You mentioned deal sourcing through a network. Um, I know a lot of folks that do deal sourcing through brokers. And one thing brokers will normally do is they'll ask for proof of funds sometimes before they even talk to you. What, what do you, how do you go about that? <laughs> Well, that's one of the reasons why I would send you to your network first. I'm not mm -hmm. a giant fan of brokers. Maybe I shouldn't say that out loud and publicly. <laughs> um, but my own personal experience has been that brokers uh, cost way too much money for mm. way too little effort that they put into the deal. Again, that's just my personal experience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so when it's seller financing, you don't necessarily have to have a lot of cash. And if you build that rapport with that business owner, they really want someone that's going to take care of their baby, you know, because probably they've spent lots of blood, sweat and tears, many yeah. years building that business up. And sure, everybody wants money, but they mostly don't want to see their business baby die or pass away, yeah. you know, within the next few years. And they really need that transition to go smoothly. So let's talk about that a little bit, right? Um, when you buy a business, because a lot of people talk about buying businesses, nobody's talking about after you buy the business, what are some of the stuff that you do? <laughs> okay, well, I'll tell you, Jaber, you hit it right on the head there because the deal is the exciting part, how much money you're going to make or how much money you have to spend or what a great deal you got, how much profit you know, you're going to be getting on a regular basis. But it's that transition from the old owner to the new owner that is completely underrepresented in the whole shebang. Yeah. I mean, it's so important. It needs to given be given as much consideration upfront as the deal itself it mm -hmm. needs to be planned out ahead of time not as an afterthought because things can really blow up there and my biggest tip would be to especially if you're a new buyer or don't have a ton of business experience keep everything exactly the same i mean mm -hmm. in this case we're talking about buying an already profitable business i mean yeah. you know distress deals is a whole nother topic but if you're buying a profitable business why in the world would you change anything Mm. just keep it steady eddie learn the ship learn the yeah. ropes make the relationships get to know the clients the staff the vendors and there's no reason to rock the boat because you've already bought a profitable profitable business so you sure tweak it over time yeah. um make it your own add things in subtract things out but you know my very first tip would be to keep things exactly the same at least for the six months and maybe even the first year now, I love the fact that you said that because no one's talk about that. You know, I know, no one ever talks this. about it. It's all the deal. <laughs> right. So uh, I, I like to go where no one else wants to go, which is the transition side. Um, now, I'm curious, you, you have a, a community of women that you're helping buying businesses. Tell us some stories, you know, what, what have they done? What are some things you're proud of that they've done? Oh, you know, all kinds of things. It's mostly just getting out there and doing it. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know what the stats are off the top of my head, but when you're talking about the deals, um, you know, everybody that's at the deal table, the buyer, the seller, there's probably an attorney, there's probably an accountant. As you mentioned, there might be a broker. Very few of any of those people, the deal table are women. So mm -hmm. I'm just really encouraging women to get out there and, um, you know, do the thing. And one of the one of the caveats I like to say is especially, you know, you know, I'm kind of a tomboy. I mentioned the farming and the motorcycles and that. But, you know, as a, a female acquisition entrepreneur, I would highly mm -hmm. encourage women to consider buying a business in a predominantly male field. 
um, mm. and then have that designation of a certified female-owned business. Smart. And that's going to open up all kinds of doors for you as well. So those are kind of the things that I'm preaching. I love it. I love it. I, I love that gem because a lot of people don't don't tap into that. So I, I'm curious. Um, you know, maybe you can share a bit more. What's your process when it comes to working with women entrepreneurs to help them get that first business under the belt? Yeah. So again. I kind of have like a, a four K's or four areas of knowledge. And the very first is to start with knowing yourself and not mm. that you don't already know who you are, but I would get really specific and down and dirty in the details and write things down, document them in some fashion. But I would start with your finances. Cause of course, you know, it's all talking about money. So I would write down, you know, every single dollar that you think you could get your hands on right now. You know, whether it's uh, your savings account or that money stuck under your mattress or your 401k, even credit card balances. And I'm not saying I would suggest you to use all those funds, but if you make a list of all the money you could get a hold of right now, if you needed to, that might just give you a big boost of confidence. Like, you know, mm -hmm. well, oh, I don't have nearly enough money to buy a business. Well, when you add it up, oh, maybe I've actually got, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars if I include my 401ks and things. So it just kind of gives you that boost, but know yeah. your credit score. Um, know, you know, how much time you want to put into a business, know what skills you bring to the business, know how you want to work in this new business. You know, maybe you're, you know, a 20 something and you don't have anything else going on and you want to buy something and work a hundred hours a week in it. And, you know, you've got all these, um, all this energy and maybe connections and maybe not a lot of experience, or maybe, you know, you've got young kids and you're trying to figure yeah. out a way to be the room parent and the Girl Scout leader. So maybe you only have 20 or 30 hours a week to work in the business. And all of those things can happen. You need to yeah. be realistic with yourself and take a true inventory of what you can bring to the table and what you want to provide and what you don't want to do on a day-to-day -day basis as well and start there. I love it. And what would you say to somebody, right? Um, you know, they're, they're bought the business, it's going well. Now they're like, huh, maybe I can sell it. Or should they have some type of strategy to exit when they buy it? Like, what would you suggest would be, you know, that thing that people should think about? Yeah. Always have an exit plan. Um, I know most, I forget what the stat is again, but like 70 some percent of business owners right now plan to exit their business within the next 10 years. But like yeah. a teeny tiny fraction of them actually have an exit plan. But mm. in general, I would say you should always be planning for two exits. One is yeah. to work yourself out of the business so that exactly. you're not the day-to-day -day manager. Things can still run smoothly without you. And then work on exiting the business altogether, if that's what you even want. But once you yeah. work your way out, you may not be you know, needing that sale quite as much. Okay, good, good. And to wrap things up, what is that one small biz tip you would share with any entrepreneurs out there who's like, huh, I have this business. Maybe I can sell it. Maybe I can buy more businesses. Uh, what was that one tip you would share with them? Yeah, this one's kind of a woohoo for a business tip, but whatever it is that you think you want to do, just start putting it out into the universe, putting it out to your network again, and you might be super surprised at who you come across or who speaks up that has that same thing, or even better yet, that the opposite of that thing. You know, if you want to buy, you know, and you start putting that out into the universe, you might be surprised at who comes up and like, hey, you know, I've really been thinking about selling my business. You and I have known each other, work together, whatever. I like the way you do things. Maybe we could work something out. 
So just take those first baby steps, no matter what mm -hmm. they are, and put that out into the universe and into your actual network. I love it. How do people get in touch with you if they want to work with you? Yeah, so they can reach out to me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Um, I'm on Twitter too. I get no love from, from Twitter, but if you're on Twitter, you can give me a follow because I could use the love over there. But yeah, or you can send me an email as well so I can give that information to you. I love it. Guys, reach out to Della. As you can see, she is a wealth of knowledge around business acquisition and she'd be more than happy to help you. Yeah, Thank thanks you so much. Yeah. Have a good one, guys. All right, bye-bye.